Hey everyone, it's Adele and Trina, and we are back with our second podcast, still unnamed, but I have ideas, and so do I. <laughs> the problem is, is we don't love each other's ideas. So I'm it's gonna... very unusual. Although, given our very different fashion sense, maybe it isn't that unusual. I know, but I thought mine were really cute. Um, hello, mine are adorable. All right, we're going to float these out for you guys. Um, and we may even pull ourselves together to post a poll on the podcast blog. Um, but we're definitely, I, we are not going to commit to votes, but no. we definitely, but I think we want to hear what people think. Yes, we love getting people's opinions and then disregarding them. <laughs> have to say thank you thank you thank you for making our first podcast um what we consider to be a raging success yeah we're so excited i know we were like every day we we're going on we're like oh, more downloads more comments oh my god i can't yes. believe people want to listen to this <laughs> it's amazing what people will listen to so <laughs> <laughs> so thank you um but i i'm going to go first with my names all right. All right. So um, I was at PR Weekend which I'll, in California, which I'll talk about. But on the flight back, I was watching um, a Marc Jacobs special that ran on Sundance Sun, Sun Channel, which was really fascinating, Trina. I'd love for you to see it, but you Except don't have cable. cable. Yeah, I might have to break up with you if you don't get cable. I'm <laughs> never getting cable. <laughs> so while that, after that ended... Um, they had that guy, oh, of course I'm blanking on his name now, but he's like this really good-looking um, black guy, not African-American because he's British. Oh, that guy, that, that British guy. Yeah, Gatang? Yeah. Is that sound? Yeah, I don't or something remember his with name, a B? but all I remember is that he's hot. He's super hot. And they were talking about how he was a bespoke tailor. And I'm like, sweet, bespoke. That's got to be something. And then I came up with She Spoke. That could be the name of the podcast. Instead of bespoke, it's she spoke. And I sent it to Trina, and she said, how about she spoke, what was it? She spoke couture. Which I thought was really cute. It is cute. I'm not denying that. All right. Well, my second one was thinking about Savile Row. And instead of us being Savile Row, we could be Babble Row. You're very British lately. Aren't I? Fish posh. Hello. <laughs> My mom did live in England for five years, and I have cousins who have these sweet British accents. Yeah. Oh, and did you see that the new edition of The Bachelor is going to have a British guy? I don't watch reality television. I'm so giving up on you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those were my two suggestions. Bespoke Couture. And she spoke. Yeah, she, ah, right. She spoke Couture <laughs> and Babble Row. Which are both very cute. And so my two suggestions... See, this is where we differ. Renee's style, we determined, is professional chic. Yes. My style is retro fantasy. So I like things to be marvelous and flashy <laughs> and a little silly. Uh -huh. uh, so my top choice is the Hemline Hotline. Because then we can say, I'm Renee, I'm Trina, and this is Hemline Hotline. <laughs> I think that's cute. And I, thing, I think <laughs> I think that would be cute for like the end of a podcast where we either make up questions for ourselves <laughs> or, or people could write in with questions. Then it's like you've called the Hemline Hotline. 
Oh, that would be cute. That would okay, work as so a maybe segment. even if we don't choose Hemline Hotline, we can still use it. Okay. Um, and my other idea also goes with the tagline. I'm very much into sets. And so I like the tagline, keep on stitching. And so I thought that a name that would go with that would be a stitchable world. So that would be the name of our podcast. And then at the end, we could say it's a stitchable world. So keep on stitching. Now, what I do like about it's a stitchable world is it totally reminds me of a different world. <laughs> and if I could sing, I would I would do the Aretha Franklin intro. Um, well, but I can't. I had to do on the last one. So. Oh Lord, please, no more that to do. So guys, there are your four that we have so far. So if you like those, hate those, have more suggestions, please let us know. We're working on it. We are. Um, uh, so getting down to juicy details, <laughs> uh, you just got back from LA. Oh, yes, I took the red eye back from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so much more glamorous. I know, glamorous. there was some horrible mishap involving a <gasps> bus. Yeah, so this my favorite part, first of all, I just loved, loved, loved Pattern Review Weekend West Coast. It was so much fun. I met the neatest, neatest girls. And when I say girls, I mean grown women, too. But there's something <laughs> about being around your girlfriends that really makes you a girl. And where, you know, you just go up to people and you start turning inside their shirt and ask them how they did this or how they did that. And no one thinks it's strange if you speak sewing all the time. And so I just want to say thanks to everybody who made West Coast Pattern Review a great weekend. Now, the tragedy of my trip and probably the longest conversation I had with you, Trina, while I was there was... <laughs> yeah, I get the good stuff. <laughs> I was standing on... Okay. So I had been told Christina from Assorted Notions had told me how to take the bus back to LAX. And so when I went up to the um, concierge at the Sheridan, he was like, where are you parked? I said, I didn't park. I have a bus. I'm looking for the bus. And he's like, the bus? As though I had just like spit on his shoe. So he told me to go upstairs and take this bus called the Dash. I go upstairs, I get on the Dash, and I said, I need to go to Union Station. She makes a face at me, and she says, you need to get off on Broadway and take the number 40 going eastbound. I get off on Broadway, standing on the side for the 40 going eastbound, and, like, the pawn shop owner comes outside as he's sweeping the dust and stuff from in front of the building. He's like, are you going to LAX? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you need to be across the street, and you need the 42 to LAX Transit. Um, Okay. So I go over there, I wait for like 20 minutes, nothing. Finally, a bus pulls up, and I said to the driver, you know, when's the 42 coming by? And he said, the 42? That only runs every 45 minutes on the weekend. Now I call Trina, and I'm like, it's a $42 cab ride. Do I take the cab, or do I take my chances? And what did you tell me? I told you to take the cab. And then you told me you were under budget on your fabric shopping, so it was sort of meant to be. You think? Yeah. I don't know. I sort of feel, oh, you know what? I made my plane. It was really great. They destroyed my luggage, which I have gotten a $75 credit on Virgin America. I'm going to say their name one more time so you all know who I am talking about. Virgin America. You all find Sir Richard Branson's email address and send him an email and say he screwed me over. <laughs> Sorry, we return back to our regularly scheduled podcast. Yeah, I don't know about using this podcast as a bully pulpit. <laughs> right. I've been feeling a little like a corner minister this today, so maybe I need to back <laughs> off of that. Um, so, yeah, Pattern Review Weekend was great. Um, it was awesome. What'd you do? What did, 
I took a hand sewing class from Susan Calgy. I have to say, I don't love hand sewing now, but I have way more respect for it. Cool. Yeah, you, you're very anti-hand sewing. I, I'm actually hand sewing right now, which is why my voice is distorted because I had the needle in my mouth. So as I get to be over here running the soundboard, you're over there getting work done? That's right. <laughs> I feel played. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I don't love it now, but I have a whole new respect for it. And she did a trunk show where we got to try on different garments she had made, mostly for Threads articles. And I, like, fought down. I was ready to beat down people to try on the wedding dress. And let me just say that <laughs> I sucked in so hard and was offering to, like, cut out ribs to squeeze into it. Um, but I just really wanted to try it on. It's beautiful. And then I found out she did lives. Did you get someone to lend you their wedding ring, like in Muriel's wedding? Um, lenders take, which, <laughs> which would be more accurate. Now. Ladies, stick your ring fingers. <laughs> no, it was great. So, um, you know, and you know what we should do sometime is talk about fabric shopping in different places. Because California, I think, is really different than New York. Yeah, I've never fabric. I mean, I've fabric shopped there when I was a kid growing up there, but I've never really fabric shopped there. I always forget that you're from California. I am. I'm an L.A. girl, second generation. Okay. Well, then the last thing I want to say is this is my other pun that I came up with. Leslie in Austin should be called Leslie is Awesome. <laughs> am I the corniest person ever? That's a pun that I can get behind, though. It just came out like as I was typing it today on my blog. Hi, Leslie. <laughs> I'm going to be in Austin in a couple weeks, but I'm only there for like two days and it's for a wedding, so... Yeah, I already told her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I told her, and she says you still need to call. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, today's podcast, we thought what we would talk about is our personal sewing history. Yes. How did we get started? Um, what memories do we have associated with it? What it has meant to our lives? <laughs> All right, you're going first. You went all romantic <laughs> in the voice. That means you get first stab at it. Okay. Um, well, there are two influential people in my sewing life that I want to talk about. First is my mom. Um, I grew up in a culture that um, really valued kind of pioneer skills. And so it was very common to sew. My mom sewed. Um, she, in fact, when I was young, had a sewing business making uh, nursing tops with one of her friends. And so I started sewing when I was a tiny kid. I, I took her scraps and I hand sewed them into Barbie clothes. And occasionally I would hand sew clothes for myself. They were very crude. I don't think that I was actually allowed to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that they would stay on or stay in one piece. Um, I, I remember the very first sewing project I vividly remember is my mom had me and my sister hem some of our own pants when I was like six. So I was sitting on the back porch wielding a needle. It's actually not a happy memory. I shouldn't bring it up because it was this heavy corduroy, which for a six-year-old with a hand needle was <laughs> a pretty intense experience. <laughs> but it didn't put me off sewing and... Um, so I started using the machine probably when I was about 10 and patterns when I was about 12. And so by 13 or 14, I was sewing all by myself. Um, I made my own prom dress, which 
I had always pictured myself, you know, in a very Cinderella moment at prom, which, by the way, I went to without a date. Let's put that out there. Um, but unfortunately, when I went to prom in 1992, which was a couple of years before Sadell. Uh, hmm. Two, literally two years. <laughs> I'm still older. <laughs> um, it was no, no long gowns. So what? My, my dress was neat. I know. No. no. Gowns, Mine so. was, um, no, wait, 94. I can't remember if I went with Matt or if I went with, ooh. Uh, There's so many dates to think about. Oh, oh, I didn't talk about my dates this week, but I'll save it. Okay, yeah. Um, you do have good dates to talk about. <laughs> uh, so my, it was, it was this, it was poly satin, but for me, it was like a big step up because it was pretty expensive at the Hancock Fabrics. <laughs> black and green cross-dyed, and I've been coveting it for years. And it had a dropped waist and a full skirt and little puffy sleeves and a sweetheart neckline. Very okay. fantastic. Wow. Did I you know. have a perm? Then, Did you have a perm? And, um. Not at prom. I'm. I won't deny that I have had <laughs> perms. <clears throat> some people are not meant to have curly hair. <laughs> Would that be you? <laughs> but some of us fought nature anyway. <laughs> yes. And then in college, I lived in the dorm the whole time. Um, but I I sewed for the theater and the dance company. Wait, but did so, you have your own machine, or you were using theirs? No, I, I used their shop. Okay. So that was great. And actually, sewing has served me well because I uh, I also did the musical theater group in law school and we all had to do tech hours. You had a musical theater group at your law school? It was awesome. We did a satirical musical every year. It was so much work, but so much fun. Did they all and become so, entertainment lawyers? No. Just asking. No, we all become boring lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> So we all had to do tech hours, and I was able to um, do my tech hours by sewing. I didn't have to paint sets or anything. It was pretty sweet. And so when I graduated from college, uh, my mom got me my first sewing machine. That was my very own. And I sewed on that some years more than others. I think every year I always managed to at least make a Halloween costume, which you've seen my costume closet at a little intense. She's not even joking. It really is a costume closet. It's a closet of costumes. Um, and so, yeah, it's just something I've been doing almost my whole life. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, your story is different. You had to have a little more pluck. I, I just did. absorbed it. Yeah, no, I wasn't that kid. Um, you know, just growing up, my I always knew that my grandmother, Granny, is what we called her, who, my grand, my mother's from Grenada, but my granny and my grandfather, who I never knew, I always knew that my granny was a seamstress and my grandfather was a tailor, and I just kind of always grew up knowing that, and I would say probably in middle school, I told my mom I wanted to learn how to sew, um, and she didn't do anything about it until I was somewhere in high school or college. Um, and she bought me, like, you know, the Walmart. I, I sell this all the time, but really it was the $99 Walmart special Christmas um, thing. And I used, it was a brother. It was mechanical. It had what I now think was a 15-step buttonhole um, <laughs> and a bobbin that did not want to stay unjammed. But, I mean, I stood on that for, like, 10 years. Um, yeah, didn't we talk about the horrible sewing machine I had for 10 years? I mean, it was really sweet of my mom to get it for me, but 
New Hope machines are the suck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> don't say that because I have a Kenmore now, which is a Janome, which is made made New Home. So, say <laughs> on the bad word say, or however Pig Latin goes. Um, no, but you know what I'd be really curious about is I wonder the clothes that I made back then, what I think of them because I have to be honest with you, there's stuff I make now. No, there's stuff I made a year ago that I look at now and I'm like, eee, that was not as good as I could do it now. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of sewing because, you know, I feel like there's so few areas in your life in which you progress because you reach a level of competency and that's all you need for living and you stay there. But in sewing, you can keep moving up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of. Yeah, you're right. There's always constant improvement, and I'm really glad for that because I really think I've improved. I mean, what I think is great about my sewing now is it's just consistent and regular, and I can't imagine not sewing. And I definitely, I mean, I remember during high school and, well, particularly college and post-college, my friends always would be like, oh, Sidel sews, Sidel sews, but I don't feel like I sew then nearly the way I sew now. I think it's still always impressive to people, but but you kind of skipped over. I, I'm. How did you actually learn? learn? How did Was I actually learn? There. I went on eBay. So I guess this must have been college because I had heard of this thing called the internet. You know what? <laughs> to be honest with you, prior to eBay, because I would say I had gone on eBay in some point in college and I got the Reader's Digest Guide to Sewing from like the 70s. And I'm so pissed I gave it to, loaned it to a friend who now claims that I never gave it to her. Oh, I'm, and I'm telling you, she's getting married in a couple of weeks and she's moving out. I'm going to go help her pack just because I know it's in that house. Um, anyway, but I digress. The, um, but before that, I think patterns really tell you a lot. I mean, I feel like if you look at the big four patterns, they tell you backstitch here, um, clip here, notch this, do that. I feel like patterns tell you how to sew. So like, they do, but so like I, 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 don't know. I don't know. I always get a little frustrated. And maybe it's the way I learn, but I always get a little frustrated, I think, when like I'm on pattern review and people are like, what's the best all-around sewing book? Or what's the best beginner sewing machine? Because I feel like nobody gave me that guidance. I also didn't ask for it. But you can sort these things out. And the biggest problem, I think, with sewing is people just getting over their fear of the unknown. It's sort of like when you first learn how to drive a stick shift. Just do it. Like, being scared, well, being scared to sink the stick, you know, sink the clutch is what will ruin you. And being scared to, you know, push the metal, the pedal on the sewing machine is what will, what will set you back. That's true. Um, I would like to say that at this point, I am very proficient in the stick. Um, the first time my mom made me drive it, I knocked the neighbor's gas meter off their house. All right. I got one better for you. <laughs> when I did know how to drive a stick at this point because my dad insisted I learn on one. But when I was still driving on my dri- learning on my driving on my learner's permit, I actually had a car accident. I like crossed over the median and hit this very old man in a van in a car. He was in a car, but (laughs) like I remember his eyes coming closer as I was about to hit him. Oh yeah, I could see the whites of his eyes. And like when we got out later, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. He was like crying. Oh, I know, because he was like this 70 year old man, and I had practically knocked him off the road down in Montgomery County, Maryland. Yeah, that has stuck with me. (laughs) I told you. 
<laughs> Take it from me to start the conversation. <laughs> my, my friend and I used to joke that our dads told bigger and better stories. Oh, uh, no. That, that's my worst car accident story. Have you had any other accidents? Yeah. Um, well, that was bad because because um, I played the flute in high school and I was pretty serious about it. And my parents had just promised to get me a new deluxe flute because my old flute wasn't very good. And, and I was crying and crying and crying. And my mom was like, we're still going to get you the flute. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. But I did have another accident when I was 16. I was actually on my way to a flute lesson. Um, I was on the freeway. I lived, we lived in Texas at this time in Arlington, Texas, near Ranger Stadium. And I was on the freeway and it was the exit. And I guess there was a game that day and the free, the traffic in front of me just stopped. And so I stopped, but I could see the guy behind me wasn't paying attention. And so I tried to pull onto the shoulder. I pulled over to my right on the shoulder to give him a little more room to stop, but he decided to go onto the shoulder because he couldn't stop fast enough. So he hit the side of my car. Oh, and of course, because I was a teenager, it was my fault. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah, it was so unfair. That's really unfair. Yeah. Um, but so now I'm going to talk about the other person who has been influential in my sewing. Oh. And that is um, my Nana. And she um, was my dad's mother. And you had to call her Nana. If you called her grandma, she wouldn't respond. And <laughs> <laughs> she passed away about 10 years ago. And I've always considered her uh, sort of the spiritual mother of my fashion sense. My mother is is very utilitarian in what she wears and my nana um always was a very stylish and beautiful woman and i have a few pieces of hers that i really treasure and uh so she was a single mom and actually both my grandmothers were single moms at a time when it was not very common and what she would do is she would go to the thrift store and go in the rag pile and get the clothes that were the in brand from the rag pile that had been ruined in the wash or whatever, go home, recreate the item, and then sew the tag into it so that my aunts could have clothes that were the right brand. Oh, and wow. I know, I know. Um, when she really passed sweet. away, uh, I was allowed to have some of the things from her sewing room, so I got a bunch of buttons, one of which I just sewed onto one of my recent projects. And my mom got her tailor's hams, which she just gave to me for Christmas, which was real. it's really great to have them in here. So I have my Nana helping me out. Wow, Trina. That's really sweet. Well, and your grandmother, too. I got to meet your grandma, your granny. Yeah, okay, Trina, you're trying to help me match up, but it just doesn't compare. <laughs> but she's so sweet. My sh granny is sweet, but granny didn't teach me squat about sewing. <laughs> All granny ever wanted to know from me is how could I spend 5 and $10 on patterns. <laughs> I, I know, she doesn't use patterns. Oh, I know. The first time I said to her, granny, I made this, and she says, oh. And I said, I used, you know, a simplicity pattern. She, like, made up her fist and said, uh-uh, a pattern? <laughs> 
And she was sort of done with me. Or like I had made my mom this hat, a Vogue pattern hat, and I showed it to my grandmother, and she just was like, couldn't even look at it. She was beside herself because I hadn't finished the inside. So I'm going to say that that is my greatest sewing influence. But I will say my greatest fashion influence is actually my mother. Um, and probably because I do everything the opposite of my mom. Like my mom likes... Um, Gosh, I have to tread carefully here. Um, my mom definitely is the school of thought that if she has blue in her shoes, then her pants should have that same shade of blue and her top should have that same shade of blue. So I'm all about mixing up prints and patterns and breaking things down, but I'm also like really big on not looking um, like a magpie. So <laughs> that's... That, I don't know if that's treading very I don't know either. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, current sewing. Oh, well, before current sewing projects, um, I just have one thing sewing related that kind of relates to guys. Um, I had two dates last week, um, one with a police officer and one with a guy who claims to be a screenwriter. Yeah, and also claims to be 5'6". <laughs> he was a wee leprechaun. Um, you wanna... I told Renee there are rules six four and over for online dating. If they say they're six four and over, that's the height they are. If they say that they are five seven to six three, subtract two inches. If they say they're five six or under, subtract four inches. This is inviolate. This is always true. And my girlfriend Julie and I were like, who would lie up to five six? Like, if you're gonna lie about your height, make yourself five ten. Just you know. Anything to me, anything below 5'7", just be up front. Just be up front because I don't have a height problem with men. So, you know, I'm taller than you, BFD. But mm -hmm. when you come up to my chin and I feel like a pedophile talking to you, you have lied about your height. <laughs> you are so smug about this. Yeah. But... Oh. <laughs> well, it's not the height thing. It's the lying thing. And, like... I may not have a problem with your height, but you obviously do if you've lied about it. Right. And and I knew, I mean, I guess based on the conversation you and I had had, like, I just knew he wasn't going to be super tall. But, you know, he was 5'3", if he was anything. That is taller than me. I said he'd be my height. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he was Webster. I said he was short. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right all right sorry okay um, but so the point of this is when I was having my um blind date with him and he was kind of asking me what I was going to Los Angeles for and I kind of was dancing around the subject a little bit and finally I said I'm meeting a bunch of women I know um for some fabric shopping and some sewing classes he's like wow you sew and I just could tell that I had he had completely lost confidence in me being sort of this cool hipster, you know, verbal woman, and all of a sudden it was just a little too Betty Crocker for him. I could just tell he was like ready to get rid of me at that point. But, you know, this other guy that I had had a date with who earlier in the week, who's a police officer, um, I only told him today when he called me, um, he's like, so what were you in LA for? And I think he wanted to make sure that I wasn't gonna say, meeting my West Coast husband. Um, right. And I just was like, you know, I, I'm back together with my ex. <laughs> That's not a problem for you, is it? Um, That's the most classic line. <laughs> um, and usually a lie. So, yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah, guys, just say that. Like, just say you don't want to see me anymore. Oh. Okay. Anyway, so you oh. told him what you were in L.A. for. I told him what I was in L.A. for. And by phone, he seemed impressed. He was like, wow, that's really cool. He's like, so is this something you do for fun or you want to make? Like, he actually engaged me in a conversation about it. That's nice. Yeah. I like him. I'm a fan. The <laughs> fact that you said he's totally hot doesn't hurt. Super hot. Hopefully he yeah. never listens to this podcast either. <laughs> I'm busy playing coy. <laughs> All right. So what are you working on? Current projects. Well, as I've been posting on my blog, I am doing myself some easy knits. And they are making me happy. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I posted a review of one of them today, Simplicity 3775, very cute, very easy. This past weekend, I made the sheet shirt. Sheet shirt. That goes Donna Karen, and I loved it so much that I made a sheet dress out of it, which I wore to work today, and it is so cute. I used one of the knits that I got from Cashy at Metro Textiles at PR Weekend in November um, that has this great, pretty large stylized Arabian style peacock feather motif uh-huh. and I've been looking for a pattern that wouldn't break up the motif too much and this was the perfect pattern so cute and then yesterday I started and almost finished the Duchess of Windsor dress from the most recent oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. we talked about in the knit it's so cute using one of my Nana's buttons for the closure at the neck oh, and sweet. all I have left is um the hem on the bottom and the sleeves. Excellent. And so these will come with me to Vietnam. Woohoo! And when do you leave for Vietnam? Friday. And what will you be bringing bringing back for your sewing friend Sadel? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, we'll just have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> but I shouldn't. I should say that um, Trina bought me the cutest, cutest, cutest fabric back from her last trip to New York, which. Um, I'm going to try to post a picture of that with the denim that I bought uh, in Pattern Review Weekend and some of the other fabrics I got. Um, I am working on my first, well, it's not my first ever handbag, but my first handbag in 10 years. Um, I'm doing the Betty Shopper bag from Amy Butler, and I'm using some really cool Alexander Henry upholstery fabric. I'm a little nervous about the whole thing because I'm not really a bag maker, but, um, well... I kind of look like the model on the Amy Butler bag. <laughs> so it's kind of required. So I thought it was kind of required. Um, and it's, you know, it's a big bag, and I can use it for grocery shopping and farmer's markets on Sunday. Um, and I've just really drawn to the fabric. So I actually cut that out while I was waiting for you to come back from the gym. And um, I'm probably going to take and sew it down on an industrial machine. My friend has a sewing shop. And I may go down there and sell it because everything I've read about sewing these bags has been like industrial, industrial, industrial. It will kill your home sewing machine. Oh. Yeah. That's good. You're so lucky to have access to one. Yes, I am. Yay. And then um, after that, I just found out, ding, 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 I'm off for Good Friday. (gasps) Nice. I know. That's Good Friday, right? Yes. I just found out today. It's like Christmas in March. (laughs) (laughs) so exciting um so rather than clean my house which I could really stand to do I um today at lunch figured out like the three outfits I'm going to try to crank out you trying to just I'm really I'm in burning down the stash mode like I have enough that I I met this woman at PR weekend who said she sold her stash at two dollars a yard and she made eight (gasps) hundred and fifty dollars 
and my stomach sank. Yes. And then she said, but then she said, but that was only half of it. The rest I gave away. I know. And so I thought, I cannot be. And I, I understand for her, like getting rid of it was liberating because she had so oh, yeah. much of it. And that's my thing. Whenever I say I'm on a fabric diet, for me, it's more like I don't want to have more fabric than I can sew, period. Because it's wasteful. Yeah, it's wasteful, yet happy, yet sad, yet guilty. That's <laughs> called an addiction. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, you do an Amy Winehouse. <laughs> you don't need a crack pipe. You need rehab. <laughs> um, so, I was thinking about that this weekend. And she was a very sweet and charming woman. But you could tell she was very proud of herself for having called down her stash. Well, she should be. It's hard to let go. I mean, it, And know, at $2 should, dollars a yard? Yeah. I would beat people off my front door and be like, are you kidding me with this? Go away. I know. <laughs> I know. But she should be proud because it's hard to let go. Yeah, Even definitely. Even when you know you can never use it. Yeah. All right. So, um, we oh, we went a little over this week. And hopefully you guys want mine and you stuck it out with us. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're thinking they hung up? Turn your iPod off at 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they might. Um, it's true. So, oh, right. So after the bag, I'll probably do a dress or two, maybe a blast. I'm a little unclear, but I need to start cleaning up because I have my big annual brunch in four weeks. And it's going to take me that long to pull this place together. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's true. Oh, I know. I, I feel you. I made, as you know, a Lenten resolution to keep my house clean. And it's been really good for me. Don't show off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you though, but I am not nearly there. Okay, so let's wrap up. Um, so don't forget to let us know what you thought of the four names. Again, you might really want to strongly consider Babel Row or Bespoke Couture. Or you might want to even more strongly consider the Headline Hotline or Acceptable World. <sighs> Okay, so um, for an, until Trina's back from Vietnam in what, like two weeks? Two weeks. Well, three weeks from now, but oh, yeah, that's two so weeks. sad. All right, mm. so when we come back, we'll at least have a review of the April edition of Birder World of Fashion. Oh, yeah. Keep on stitching. Wait, we need to say that with more conviction. Wait, let me try we again. We need to say it at the same time, too. So, uh, one, we... two, three. Keep on, Keep on stitching. stitching. Okay, if we're going to say it at the same time, we need to at least plot out our iambic pentameter. What do you mean, our rhythm? Yes, that's what I meant. All right, okay. one more time. Count okay. Up. Okay. <laughs> Keep on Keep stitching. Keep on stitching. Ugh. I know. We'll work on it all tomorrow. <laughs> See you guys in a few weeks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.